Hello and welcome, dear viewers, to the revived and revitalized HSA podcast. Abe unfortunately had to take maternity leave, so we are the new hosts. We know the podcast looks really different to being in a virtual setting, but we promise you that the podcast will still be tons of fun. That being said, allow us to introduce ourselves. Viba, take it away. Hey guys, my name is Vibe of Gadam, and I'm a second year business and philosophy major from Flamon, Texas, a suburb of Dallas. What up? I love playing any sport, especially volleyball. <clears throat> I love all types of music, um, except for rap. I know, hot take. And I love avocados. Dope. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Shrieker, and I'm a third to last year computer science major from Katy, Texas. Uh, my favorite thing to do on the weekends is right side up handstands, and my favorite medium of transportation is cartwheeling. <laughs> Let's pop it. All right, so just to let you guys know, we will be bringing HSA core members, general members, and maybe even other people into the podcast too. We are super excited to embark on this journey with y'all, and we hope you enjoy the podcast from here on out. So let's jump right into it. I'll reserve that intimacy for you and your brother. <laughs> Gory is. <laughs> I'll call you Gory. <laughs> I will not call you Gideon because that just feels weird if your brother uh, calls you that. I'm not like, going to cringe. <laughs> me neither. That's just, I don't even want to be subjected to that. Though. It has to be original for her to be charming. For me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It has to be the one that you come up with. Yeah, yeah exactly. Your personal nickname for the person. So it's well, like, We'll come up with one by the end of the podcast. <laughs> yes, we'll come up with one. Hello and welcome to episode four of the HSA podcast. We are your hosts, um, Dumb and Dumber. And, and today we have a very special guest with us. Should we take it away? She's a dancer. She's a singer. She's a comedian extraordinaire. Core member and all around loving person. Gori Srinivasan. Pew 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 Gori, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, thank you. I'm so honored. This is such a privilege. It's been on my bucket list for a long time. So Oh, we're glad to have you. Are you excited? I am so excited. I'm bursting with enthusiasm excitement. Really? Really? Okay. Well, since you're so excited, we can get started right away. You can read us the pun of the week. Pun, pun of, the, of week. the week. Pun of the week. Pun of, pun of the, the week. week. So we have a pun of the week. Um, so this is a really funny segment on our show where we write shitty jokes and you try to make them funny. All right, Gori, I just sent you the pun of the week. Did you text it to me? I just texted you the pun of the week. So if you would please read it out to us. Oh my god. What did the lime say when she first saw the other lime and also want to express that the other lime was attractive and that they were having wonderful weather that day? What? Sublime. What? Oh, oh my god! Oh my god! Gary, you're so oh funny. God. Oh my god. How did you come up with this joke, bro? Gary, Gary. Dude, how did you come this joke? Oh, I'm crying. <laughs> so funny. Sorry. Oh my god, you're a comedian. Oh my god, I should have. That's hilarious. Comedian. What can I say? 
Oh my god. That was too much. Thank you. Okay. That, that was, was great. Good. That was a lot of fun. Before we go any further, um, so we obviously know you, me and Shrika both obviously both know you okay, fairly well. But for people watching, they don't really know you. So if you can just tell like really quick, just really quick, just basic information, you know, like the basic stuff you meet when you meet someone, major year, all that stuff about who you are and like what you do. Yeah, yeah. So I'm Gauri. Um, I'm a junior public health major. I'm from Plano, Texas. Um, I get a wolf pack. <laughs> um, no. What else? What else do you want me to know about me? Um, I'm an HSA. I'm a core officer. I was Navratri co-chair this year along with Lucky. Um, yeah. What else do you want me to touch on? No. I mean, that's great. Perfect. Um, yeah. Major your hometown. Yeah. Your pronouns, I guess. Oh, pronouns. Yeah. Um, I use she, her pronouns. So. All right. Great. That transitions. Rapid fire round. Rapid fire round. So this is just a segment where we ask you quick questions and you have like less than five seconds to answer them. Okay. okay. You ready? Yes. Are you ready? No. How do we go? How do we continue? You're ready. Okay. okay well, here we go. Too bad. We're going to truck ahead regardless. All right. Here we go. Three, two, one. Are you ready? All right, first question, what is your favorite color? Okay, so I always used to say purple, mm -hmm. but I think I realized that I enjoy the blue color family more. Like there might be individual shades of purple that I like more, more? Mm -hmm. but blue like as a average. Whole. Yeah, like blue as the Blue whole. on average, okay. Yeah, blue on average. That was a robust answer. Thank you. I've never heard such a well-formed answer to that yeah, question. Such a well-thought-out <laughs> answer. I what mean, the hell? Yeah, right. the, yeah, that's crazy. All right, what's your favorite yeah. fruit? Favorite, oh, that's a good one. Um, I like tropical fruits. I like pineapples, mangoes. Do coconuts count? I like coconut. I like peaches. Yeah, no. Coconuts might count. Yeah. Blend so it coconuts are fruits, right? No, no. So, I don't know. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll add coconut to the, to the list. Um, I, like, I like peaches. Okay. Um, I also, peaches. yeah, I also like Plums actually, plums are pretty good. Wait, which plums, yeah. red or black plums? I don't. Mm, I actually don't know. I just like remember like <coughs> the the day that I added plums to the list was like. So I have cousins up in like Portland, Oregon. Mm -hmm. So we visited them like last summer. So like summer before COVID hit, um, and like we went fruit picking, and so and it was like the end of the summer. So there was like. Like this peaches and the plums and everything were like super super juicy. You could literally eat plums like right off the trees. Ooh. Damn, that's so cool. Ooh. So I think that was the day that I added plums to the list. You just okay. fell in love I, with I feel them. like plums are bigger cherries. I like cherries too, though. Cherries are really nice too. No, so. no, I agree. I like cherries, so I, uh, you know, like plums as well. But I feel like cherries do a good job of like making the taste uh it concentrates it concentrated yeah, yeah I like that's why i like i prefer cherries over plums mm, that's fair plums but are it, more diluted you know yeah i prefer plums i prefer plums yeah i don't know sometimes i want like a softer taste and then yeah. Plums. yeah 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 sometimes mm -hmm. i want like a hit flavor and then cherries. yeah it's like a yeah it's like a hit like you said and then cherries are hit or miss right because yeah that's true sometimes they're like super so sour hard. yeah but when they're good, they're so good. They're so, yeah, bro. My mom gets the good ones. They're like, like the, the, the darker ones are the tastier ones. Okay, yeah. actually, so like, so like part of that trip, like we also went up to Seattle mm -hmm. and they have like, I think they're like Mount Rainier cherries or something. They're like specific. Oh, that sounds so good. And they're like, 
they're light. They're like like almost like a peach color. Like a like a oh yeah, pinkish like, color. Or okay. Like, yeah, like pinkish or like yeah, pink. yeah, yeah. Oh. And they're incredible. They're so so good. Like we ate like an entire pack of them. They were so. Oh, good. I need to try them though. So, <laughs> I think overall dark cherries are better, but yeah. these are incredible. So there's a certain breed that's like yeah, super yeah. sweet. Yeah. Have you had that? yeah. There's some like crazy genetically modified fruits out there, bro. There's like a there really are like a cotton candy grape. You had yeah, that? I don't know so about that. It's really weird. It's... Okay, yeah, I don't know. I I think where they went right with genetic modification was Honeycrisp apples. Oh, facts, facts. Those are superior apples by far. Okay, but... confession: I've not actually tried Honeycrisp apples. Are they are actually they're, that good? They're, they're so good. good. They're so, okay. They're the best apple by far. No, no, no. The best apple is the Ambrosia apples. Oh, I haven't had those. those. They're they live up to their name, bro. They're like God's fruit. Really? <laughs> it's so sweet and so crispy. It's it's damn. It, it arguably there's not enough tartness to it, but it's it's so sweet. It's so good. You're making me salivate, bro. I know. You gotta try it. <laughs> no, but honey crisps are very good, but they're also expensive. So like, I only buy them when I'm. Oh. And my parents are paying for my groceries. No, yeah, I, I think That's the true. cotton candy grape too, tastes too much like cotton candy. It makes it feel That's super weird, unnatural. Yeah. I don't even like cotton candy to begin with. So I yeah, that facts too. Uh, cotton like, candy is messy. It makes you uncomfortable. Like the thought of like biting into a grape and then getting like eating cotton candy. It's like yeah. smelling pizza and eating into a cookie. Like it's that facts, type of thing. Facts. Weird. You ever done that? That is like such a mind-boggling moment. No, what? What is this? It's just a metaphor. But it's just a metaphor. I'm just saying, okay, you know, okay. like if you smell something else, but you no, eat no, no, like yeah. something. Yeah, that's facts. Wait, that if you smell something savory, but you eat something sweet, so your mind is like getting destroyed because there yeah. might be another smell that's like overtaking. Because yeah. smell is a huge part of taste. Yeah, exactly. Or even just like your mind itself is like so powerful. Like you know, like when you're expecting like a chocolate chip cookie and you bite into like oatmeal raisin or something. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. Or like okay, I like oatmeal raisin cookies. I, like, I, I wouldn't detest that. No, no, no. I like oatmeal raisin. Don't get me wrong. I do like uh, them a lot. But I think if I'm expecting one thing and I bite yeah, into another, fair. that like throws me off. It ruins the entire <laughs> experience. Just spit out the cookie at that point. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, we spent a lot of time on that fruit question. So yeah, no. What's <laughs> next next question? What is your least favorite color? Least favorite color. Oh. Or do you not have one because you see all colors? Um, okay, this is like, I don't really like neons. They stress me out. Just neons right. in general? Yeah, I mean, okay, I think like neon orange is the worst of them. Oh, neon orange. Yeah. I think neon orange is the worst of but so you don't like UT. Uh... <laughs> you neon <laughs> orange. We're ending this podcast <laughs> right now. Hey, but it's still orange. I mean. But I didn't say orange, I said neon orange, which is different. No, I don't know. I don't really hate colors. I like colors. I think every color is has a place in which it can look nice, you know? That's fair. What wow. a great answer. That's one way to look at it. Wow. You're a great guest. Thank you for being here. Oh my god, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> All right. Now this is the big question that I think everyone's been waiting for. This is the question that people are gonna be tuning in to listen to the podcast. Yeah. We're gonna title our podcast this question. Yeah, okay. exactly. So, pineapples on pizza question mark oh yeah heck yeah <laughs> yeah um, you're you're good in my book absolutely anyone answers absolutely. no we're ending the podcast right there that's You're it clicking like, the, i'm clicking the end button on the zoom definitive zoom answer call. yes okay Back. jalapeno pineapple is Back. the best pizza topping okay no you it's get, not no it's get, not you get oh. every flavor profile you get sweet you get tangy you get salty you get spicy oh. it's the perfect oh. bite 
Oh. So good, so good, so good. I, I don't want pizza to be sweet though. I just I don't, don't want it to be that's sweet. That's because you have a palate, okay? Five of my co-hosts? Excuse <laughs> me. My co-host? Excuse me. You're really making I... really this shit so to me good. now? <laughs> we were so scripting good. this and you didn't feel the need to disclose this information to me? <laughs> okay, I don't understand. Okay, okay. No. You're eating something savory. Why do you want to ruin it with pineapple? Eat them separately. Eat them separately. Okay, five up. Do you like chopped? Do you like chopped? Yeah, I like chopped. Yeah. Okay. You know how chopped has like, it's like spicy, it's salty, it's savory, but it also has like tamarind chutney, which is like sweet and tangy. And yeah, yeah. It's sweet and tangy. Exactly. Pineapple is sweet and tangy. No, pineapple is only sweet. Pineapple is only sweet. Pineapple is also tangy. Pineapple is so sour. It's so but- yeah, the tang the tanginess comes from the other parts of the pizza too. Like Yeah, the tomatoes and like you have like tomatoes. The, tomatoes, like, the jalapenos pizza. provide that kick for you, you know. The, yeah. the I'm not, pizza I'm not sauce could be a bit tangy. Oh, so good. You know, I'm now eat it. You know what? Wait, I'll eat it, but it's not my favorite. Wait, bro, if you like really think about it, pizza <clears throat> sauce is kind of sweet. It's yeah, actually, like contrast the cheese which is actually savory. You know, like good pizza good cheese pizza has a little bit of sweetness after it. Like an after aftertaste of sweet. So yeah. I don't know. You're kind of capping, bro. Yeah, it's so good. So good. Anyway. Okay. We can agree to disagree. We can agree to disagree. Fine. Agree to disagree, yes. Okay, next question. Uh, what is the <laughs> last really good movie that you've seen? Last really good movie? I haven't watched movies in a bit. I'm trying to think. Um, oh, okay. Before I like came back to Austin, my i like watched a movie with my brother and my cousin we watched scott pilgrim versus the oh i've been meaning to watch that it's so good it's hilarious (laughs) it's so good it's like based on like a graphic novel and like so like the whole movie is filmed like a graphic novel almost oh that's interesting it's like it's like real life characters but they have like the pow boom like that oh yeah like like spider-man into the spider-verse Kind of, oh. except it's like real people. It's like real people. Um, oh. It's so good. You should check it out. It's on Netflix. And it's about like this guy named Scott Pilgrim. And he's like interested in this like girl. He like wants to date her. Ooh. But before oh. he's able to date her, he has to defeat her like seven evil exes. What the fuck? So it's like all of like, the seven boyfriends that she's like, or, like seven exes that she has dated. She oh. has to defeat all of them. It's so good. It's like so good. That's and interesting. Then, I absolutely love Michael Sarah. <laughs> Like, yeah, he's perfect. I, acting. He's amazing. He's, he's hilarious. He also okay. I have a theory that Michael Sarah doesn't act. I feel like they just like he just they just like, put him mm-hmm. in the scene and they're like, "This is what's supposed to happen. Just react to it. Just do what you want to do." Yeah. Oh, yeah. just like improv kind yeah, of. Yeah, just improv. Like, oh, you're Michael Sarah, but your name is Scott <clears throat> Pilgrim in this movie. Dude, yeah. That's Dang. He has a, like, he, so good. I love him. He's so good. No, that's true. He has a resting funny face. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you just look at him, you kind of just laugh. <laughs> <laughs> just kinda, kinda, kinda mean. It's a mild like like awkwardness constantly. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. That's oh my god. Love it. No, that's totally fair. Yes, this was not a very rapid, rapid fire style. No, I know. <laughs> no, it wasn't that rapid at all. But it's okay. It's okay. It's fun. That's no worries. Fun. But that now that we're out of that, I think we should transition into some questions about you and your life. And uh, hopefully we can get to know you a little bit more. Really the yes. audience, because we already know you. Yeah, but, well, a decent bit. Hopefully, kind of. Love to hear your life story. Yeah, yeah, all right. So um, first question we have is, 
I'm sure the viewers are dying to know this, okay, as are we kind of low-key, but <laughs> how exactly do we pronounce your name? <laughs> okay, good question, because literally everyone in my life pronounces it differently. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I don't really care. I kind of accept everything. I think part of it is also like, I can't really insist on a correct pronunciation because people from different parts of India say my name differently. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'm like South Indian and my family says it Gauri. Um, but I've like met like a lot of North Indians who will say it like Gauri or Gauri. Um, and that is just like how they say it. So like, I don't, like I, it's like not, <laughs> it's like not my pronunciation, but also like, it's not necessarily a wrong pronunciation. <clears throat> so I kind of accept whatever. Um, like my, like to like non-Indian people, I'll usually say mm-hmm. Gauri. Um, like can say like oh it's like sorry with a g and mm-hmm. yeah, that makes sense that makes sense but what what is the way like you prefer it to be called or do you not really have a preference you just kind of i mean i'm not gonna like correct people really um mm-hmm. but if you like ask me how i say it then i say mm-hmm. go you say go okay yeah that makes sense okay cool yeah, i'm ashamed to say that i've been pronouncing it wrong for like at least <laughs> yeah that's, that's what i'm thinking Boy. too like <laughs> when I was thinking this question, I was like, how many times have I pronounced it wrong? No, no, no. <laughs> I don't know. No, y'all are totally fine. I feel like I mix it up too. I say it different ways. Yeah, you say, you say my name different ways every time. <laughs> like within 10 minutes, you know? Within oh, a two yeah. minute span of each other. You just switch, <laughs> flipping, flopping. Between. Let's like go back through this and see how many different ways. <laughs> yeah, we'll have a counter up on the screen. Let's have a counter, yeah. How many different pronunciations. Oh, Great. Okay, so Gori, 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 Gori. <laughs> like four right there. <laughs> the calendar is increasing already, Shaker. Oh, this is shameful. This is awful. You're fine, you're fine. So, Do whatever you want. As you mentioned earlier, you're a part of Texas Mohini, which is the premier all-girls Bollywood fusion dance team. That's a mouthful at UT. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. What is your experience? I don't think I mentioned it earlier. I think you mentioned it earlier. <laughs> I think I forgot to mention Mohini. Um, yeah, no, Mohini's amazing. So I, um, so like growing up, I like I danced. Like um, I did Bharatanatyam for a long time. Oh. And I think it's like, it was something that, yeah, yeah, I learned for a pretty long time. And it was like something that I enjoyed, but I don't think I appreciated as much as I should have because I think it was mm, kind of like fair. a constant like I I could like just kind of count on it mm-hmm. so I never like a pre like fully like realized like what yeah, it was sure. in my life right mm-hmm. um and then I think it was like junior year I quit dance because I was like in marching band uh, and high school. Okay. yeah yeah junior year of high uh-huh. school I quit okay. uh dance because I was like in marching band it just like got to be a lot mm-hmm. um so I was like whatever like I don't I don't even know if I'm on like an iron gate room track or if I even want to be on like an iron gate room track so like uh-huh. I like I have school to worry about like I have like these other things that matter more to me at the moment mm-hmm. but I'm gonna drop dance so I stopped dancing and at first like I didn't miss it that much um mm-hmm. but then I remember I came to college and I like like kind of went to like, some of the dance workshops and stuff but um because like that's kind of what, like what everyone was doing but I don't think any of the teams like really felt right for me not that they weren't great teams just like didn't yeah, feel yeah. right for me and I again like I still I don't think I still fully realize like 
how much I had missed dance and stuff. But then I remember, like, it was junior year, no, sorry, freshman year of college, <laughs> winter or something. My mm. friend on Sangam, uh, which is another dance team at UT, they're like a basketball team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they have like a benefit show that they do every year. And one of my oh. friends was on NS. So <clears throat> all of us went to go see her perform. And seeing them on that stage, especially seeing them doing Bharatanatyam, I was just like, oh my God, I miss dance so much. And I didn't realize mm. until that moment, like how much it mattered to me to have mm. dance back in my life. So mm-hmm. then after that, I was like, okay, I need to get back into dance. So I joined Zoba, like second semester of freshman year, which is a non-competitive classical fusion team. Um, and right. that was like really great. Um, I, it was so nice dancing again. And I think like, going through that I realized like I just want more of this like that I want, yeah like I want that full like I want the commitment that I see like people on dance teams having mm-hmm. you know and um and I also kind of like I really I think I also kind of want to branch out in what styles I was doing and stuff like not just doing classical and fall of freshman year I saw like I already knew people like on all the dance teams but I remember I saw um, Mohini performed at Thal. They were the very first team to go out and they did a set on their set that year was about Kalpana Chola, who is the first um, like Indian astronaut in space. She's actually yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arlington. And then mm-hmm. um, unfortunately, she like died upon like re entry. Um, she was like on the Challenger and the Challenger, like no one survived. Um, and so it was literally like I was like about to cry in the audience. Like I was like all the way up, like the very back for this part of Hall got a And I was like, I'm, like I was like absolutely devastated because the set was like so powerful. And it was just like seeing the way that they like, I don't know, just seeing them on stage, like seeing Mohini, I, I was just like, I have to be on this team. I don't know, I don't care what I have, to do, I have to be on this team. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily like I had a, like my roommate for like sophomore year um she was on the team and she like helped me with my audition and she like like I guess oh, like nice. yeah and she like helped calm me down because I, I got nervous and I was like oh my god like I can't do this like I don't even know if I'm good enough and she's like no no you can do this you got this like just audition oh. and there were so many people at auditions that year um because like Mogni absolutely killed it and I think like everyone realized like how incredible this team is. And, like everyone wanted to audition after that. Mm-hmm. And um, I was so convinced I wasn't going to get on, but like <laughs> I, did. I was like, there's hey, no, way. absolutely no way, but I did. And I, I like, I literally, the second I got the email, I like respond. I was like, yes, I want to be part of this team. And then after I sent it, I was like, I probably should have thought about <laughs> it. <laughs> like, probably should have called my mom first and check before I just like said yes mm-hmm. but I was just so excited but then I called my mom after and she was like honestly even more excited than me because she was Aww. so sad when I stopped dancing like back in high school mm-hmm. and she was like oh thank god like you accepted like I'm so glad you're gonna be dancing again and honestly since then it's just been like one of the best decisions I've ever made like such a great team I absolutely love them That's so cool. the yeah. best friends I could ask for yeah. And I met you mentioned that you did uh Bharatanatyam, right? So, like, but Mohini is like a mixed dance team. What kind of different dance types do they do over there? Yeah, so we actually do classical as like part of our set. Like, we do 
like it kind of depends on like who is on the team but it's we usually have like Bharatanatyam in there we've also had like Kuchipudi like last year we also did some Kuchipudi in there we also did some Kathak in there actually oh really yeah step in the middle where we do like a Kathak like spin and still a spin but like we do like a little bit of Kathak um so we do classical which I really liked like that was something like I didn't want to let go of Mm -hmm. but the other cool thing is like we also do other styles so we do like Bollywood we do South Indian we do Mm -hmm. contemporary we do hip-hop um what else do we do you guys are learning oh uh, can you announce that you're doing um oh yeah i think i can right now or yeah no? yeah okay, we're, okay, we're okay. i wasn't sure if that was okay or to say or not uh, i don't i think it's okay i think we've been mentioning it it's like kind of low key i don't know it's like well we'll edit it out if, well, it's, well, if it's not okay yeah basically we're also working on other styles that we can hopefully begin to introduce into our set too there's a sound bite. We can put that in instead. Okay. Um, but yeah, just like, it's really cool. Cause I think I've like, and even within Bollywood, like there's so many different types of Bollywood. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, which has been like really, really cool. Like last year we did like wedding style Bollywood, but we also did like, like old school kind of Bollywood. It was like really, really cool styles, um, which I personally really like Cause it was so fun, like having exposure to all of these different things yeah and like being able to like learn from like the other dancers like their own Mm -hmm. experiences and also just like I think the coolest thing is like seeing how we can tell a story through dance like not only like you know like there's so many different ways you can story tell like through the outfits that we wear through the style that we choose through the music that we choose through like our expressions through like the Mm -hmm. choreo like all of that like combined creates the show and i think that has been really cool to see are y'all competing this year at like competition uh, no? no okay no yeah. we just like we decided because of covid that like even if there are some comps that are going on it's just like not worth it to put like our team at risk like that and stuff makes sense so no. we're taking time just to like develop our skills yeah you told me you told me earlier that like this is a really great opportunity for you guys to branch out because uh, yeah, yeah. you know sensor here but this new dance type that you're including in your set is <laughs> something you wouldn't have been able to do if COVID hadn't happened right yeah it's like yeah like we've definitely had some things like on our to-do list in terms mm-hmm. of like how to grow as a team but I think it's really hard to kind of actively make that transition when you're also in the middle of oh, yeah, trying to figure out comp season and stuff yeah, yeah. Like, well, the comp season and like it's just like a lot to do all at the same time so I think it's like we've been trying to find silver linings with COVID. Like, yes, COVID has been hard for everyone, but we've been trying to find silver linings by being like, oh, like this can be a time for us to step back and like really hit everything that's been on our to-do list and like mm. get really good. And so yeah. next year, like we can like, I don't know, like hopefully we'll like surprise some people with what we're now able to do. Some cool stuff for sure, yeah. for sure. Do we, do we get a discount? Is there a- Do we get a discount? <laughs> Um, I'll send you videos. I'll okay. Give you- okay. Well, we'll take the sneak peeks. We'll, yeah. you know, that's something. That's Put up something. a projector. Have like a little movie night. <laughs> that we, we would let you shamelessly plug your performance, but there are no performances scheduled. But when <laughs> when there are when there are some stuff coming up, we'll, we'll send some stuff out. We'll send some, of course, of course, because we got a couple members on Mohini. Uh, yeah. This year. yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think it was also like, uh, like, I think 
it was also kind of I don't, okay I'm not trying to be like presumptuous here to be like uh, I like marked like a shift in HSA or something <laughs> but I, th- I think it was like a combination of um I think your guys is like class as well mm-hmm. like when y'all came in I'm not I'm not saying like HSA before was like terrible or even that like I don't even know what I'm saying. Give me a second. But my, my, our classes and like our grade. Yeah, yeah. Like mine so, grade, grade, grade. Or like like the two new classes that like followed me. Okay, yeah, the two so, new core classes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but so that was like a lot of members of 2023. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of members. So so basically, like, I think before y'all kind of joined, mm-hmm. and I guess like in a part like before, like existing core also kind of branched out like me doing a dance team yeah but like also other people doing other things I think it was like there was just like perception like partly in HSA and also kind of like outsiders looking in on HSA that like kind of bubble yeah it's like a bubble like everyone Mm. kind of ascribes to a certain type or like you know like there's not that much diversity going on like you hear hindu students association you just like assume oh yeah like this is like image like pops oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah no for sure for sure um, I'll get puppies, like, you know yeah right like <laughs> oh my god like literally i think people have said before that they've gotten questions like what do you do all day do you just like sit and pray <laughs> like, oh my god really yeah, wow just, because, like, you know, there's just, like, certain connotations are associated with, like, different labels. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, like, we kind of started branching out. Like, I joined a dance team. Other people were doing other things. Like, y'all's new classes are so, like, diverse. And you all do so much on top, like, outside of HSA. HSA doesn't define you. And you are, like, so much more than this one org. And that shows and like, everything you're passionate about and like everything that you like bring to the org like the perspectives that you bring and everything and I think it like all of that combined kind of helped mark like a transition within HSA of like I think I I really like the way that Abe puts it but he always says like HSA is not a monolith like there is no one type of person that Mm. can be in this org there is no one type of person that should be in this org right like should be in this org like we love the diversity like every single Every person has such like unique perspectives and that adds to this like collective group that we formed. And it sure, helps sure. it helps us like not be a bubble. Like we don't want this to be an echo chamber. We wanna understand mm-hmm. like yeah. the variety of perspectives out there. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, and not everyone in HSA is like the same level of religious. Like yeah. a lot of yeah. mm-hmm. in HSA who still question the religion and mm-hmm. or like yeah. kind of pseudo hindus right they like grew up with hinduism but they aren't really like that's kind of me you know I, i'm not super uh assured of my hinduism and whether i really believe in religion but i love what we do you know yeah. i love the conversation that we foster and learning about it is i think one part of understanding it yeah so, mm-hmm. I, and i think that's like another thing like i've heard from so many people like i don't know anything about hinduism like I've always wanted to know more, but like, I don't know that much. So I don't know if I can come out to the meetings and like, I feel like I'll just be lost. And it's like, honestly, in some ways, the fact that you don't know, quote unquote, know much is like a good thing. It's a better perspective, yeah. Yeah, because it like helps provide like an outside perspective on like, like, and help question the beliefs and stuff in a new way, right? 
Yeah. And it's like if everyone came in with the same understanding, like we would go nowhere. Yeah, you kind of like normalize like a lot of the stuff that to outsiders might be like, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, question. yeah, yeah, that we should be questioning, but like if you grow up with it and stuff, like you don't really question it. Like you just kind of you kind of conditioned to it. Like, yeah. really Growing up with it is a big thing, though. Like when I grew up with Hinduism and I started to like see through some of the bullshit. I got angry at Hinduism, <laughs> not my parents, like not like growing up with Hinduism, right? So I started to separate myself from what I learned growing up, but that's not necessarily what Hinduism is. Yeah. You know? mm, no, that's right. Point, like moving away from Hinduism was just yeah. a, a need to be independent in a way. But I think you start to discover it as you, as you build a sort of independent identity for yourself. And I feel like that's just a large part of what that's college what is. College is. Yeah, like college is, I mean, a lot of it is like, I mean, I always had this conversation, like, high school, I mean, sure, you're, like, going through, like, a lot of stuff, but I feel like in high school, everything's kind of set out for you, in a sense, and, like, you're just kind of on a set of railroad tracks. Sometimes the ro- those railroad tracks might be more bumpier than others, but you're on those railroad tracks, and you can't go anywhere else. Like, you're kind of just chugging along. Sometimes you might go slower, sometimes you gotta go faster, but, like, you're not, like, an amusement park where you get to choose which roller coaster you get to go to. You're yeah. Just, you know, you're kind of just like going along but like college is just like you know you're by yourself you have to make so many decisions i mean you're choosing which aspects bro, that's that's when you get to the parking lot bro yeah that's <laughs> when you get to the parking lot and you're like oh shit you got keys in your hand and you're like holy shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. no, that's a good analogy that's a good i yeah fact but speaking of that so that's a good transition into like your hindu identity growing up at gauri uh, how did you grow up with Hinduism? What was your experience with that? Yeah, so um, I think my family is like pretty religious. Um, I grew up going to Chinmay Mission, so very much like grew up with Hinduism. But I how was that like, like Chinmay Mission? It was good. I think it was like really good to have like an Indian community and like to just like grow up with religion, kind of being a part of my life. I think that's like another thing I was gonna say about like the last question about um like the last thing that we were talking about about, like the variety of opinions and stuff I think part of it is also like Hinduism and Indian culture are quite tied together so I Mm. feel like if you are someone who quote-unquote like didn't grow up super religious like that culture still exists right and like there are still practices that you have been shaped by and so those perspectives are really valuable too right like yeah in like any of its forms is like like how you've experienced hinduism in any of its forms adds like value to value but yeah but i grew up like going to my mission like we went to camps and like we learned about like the vedanta and all that stuff and it was really nice like it was like good like socially um there's actually i actually like know like a lot of people on core from my mission like i met like i've like grown up and stuff yeah um shout out abe He's on maternity leave. Yeah, Abe. Abe's on maternity leave, yeah. <laughs> like, I knew, so, like, I grew up with Ishan. Um, I grew up with Avani, who was, like, Oh, right I didn't now. know that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah, know that either. A long time. Abe, I actually met at, like, a camp and then a retreat before college. Oh. Um, I was so, curious about that, because he's from India. He's from Chicago. He's from Chicago, right? How did that yeah. happen? It's, like, like Chennai is just like very connected like 
in like globally like yeah, but how'd you guys see each other you're yeah, is it? like what <laughs> i mean I how mean, connected do you have to be to just like national camps and stuff oh there's, so, a oh, there's national camps yeah. and stuff okay okay see that I, neither of us were in chimay missions i think that's where oh, we were sorry lost. sorry yes i just yeah it's like chimay mission has like national camps and actually summer before like this is like one of the most formative experiences of my life but like summer before college started um okay. i did this retreat through chimay mission it was like a two-month retreat um and we're like basically like, not like in the woods but we're on this like I kind of like isolate like property, like cabins and that kind of thing for like two months, like no phones, no technology. Like you're only mm -hmm. really interacting with the people that you're at the camp with. And Abe was one of the people. So we also became really good friends through that. Um, but I think it's just like, those like, so I don't think those necessarily made me more Hindu, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Like it's like the biggest takeaway for me was I guess like kind of how it shaped the way that I viewed college and the way that I like decided to like step forward into like adult life um mm -hmm. you know like having that confidence having like that self-love like not being afraid to do difficult things and like not being afraid to like introspect and grow and learn and I think like that's like really where Shinai mission has like set me up for this like yes like I do appreciate everything I've learned about Hinduism and I've like really appreciated like having that knowledge base to like back like rely on and um things like that and just like knowing more about like Hinduism and like Hindu culture um and being able to like contribute in that way to the discussions that we have but I think the biggest thing for me was just like I don't know like the way that I learned to have a relationship with myself you know, I think in high school, I was like, like a lot of people, like I dealt with a lot of insecurity, a lot of doubt, like I didn't take all the chances I should have, because I was so scared of like, what could go wrong. Um, I really like, yeah, I don't know, I just like really didn't love myself. And I'm not saying I'm the best at it now. But I think it's like, it's gotten a lot I, better. huh? Yeah, it's gotten better. I think I, I like I love myself for trying. Mm -hmm. You know, like I love myself for like wanting to be better and when I mess up like I don't get mad at myself for like think I'm like a terrible person it's more like okay like this is a learning opportunity where can I go from here um I've become so much more comfortable like being on my own and being able to introspect and like sit with I think like a lot of people like our generation me included like mm -hmm. yeah like I definitely have gone through this myself but I think we're really bad at just like being by ourselves like sitting not in our generation like people period we're so bad at just like dealing with everything that's going on in our heads yeah for sure mm -hmm. right like how like people keep themselves busy all the time because they don't want to just like sit and like think and like deal with like everything they have to deal with and like especially with social media like it's so easy to be distracted like even like when you're, you can be on your phone and like not like just sit and I think I've gotten a lot better at that. Like, I'm not afraid of, like, confronting my feelings or emotions or whatever it is I'm going through. Like, mm -hmm. I think I'm very, yeah, I think that's, like, where it's helped me the most. For sure, for sure. No, I definitely agree, yeah. I try to spend, like, I, mean, I don't know if this works for everyone, but I try to spend, like, 15 to 20 minutes every day where I just, I just get to, like, think. Like, no school, yeah. no nothing, like, no laptop. I just get to, like, sit. Sometimes I just lie on the floor. 
um, it's dirty, but you know, it's, it's whatever. <laughs> it's what it is. But um, I don't know. I think it's good. It's I will let you mention that because we were going to ask you about the Diwali promotional video we made this year. And, and the question in that video was, what do you love about yourself? And it's not an easy question to answer. Because I feel like yeah. you spend a lot of time thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, you asked both of us that question, right? Yeah, yeah, you asked both of us. kind of came up with a bullshit answer. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, my answer was just kind of like, I was like, oh my God, this is not the question I expected. Yeah. I was oh, like, I was caught off guard. So sweet, I loved it. But I like what you said earlier about loving yourself for the process, not, not I guess, the result. Mm-hmm. You know, like striving to become better is, is noble. Yeah. And I think worthy of self-praise. Yeah. You know? I think it's a healthier kind of self-praise. Than, than like results or result based self praise yeah. if, if that made sense yeah, yeah. But, and then i went to plano west hawaii friends from there if if you're if you're watching this and you're doing the wolf pack can i get a no wolf i do not pack. endorse that in what what's in any way whatsoever <laughs> i'm sure there's gonna be someone who's gonna be like oh my god plano wolf pack <laughs> one of the comments right now wolf pack yeah <laughs> wolf pack bro wolf pack. Let's talk about Navratri. Um, you chaired Navratri this year. What the heck? And it was all during a virtual setting too. So double what the heck. How was that? Chairing with Lucky this year. It was so it was, good. First of all, it was such a great success. If you didn't, yeah. and you should have because it was awesome. But <laughs> it, was, it was a really wonderful event. And I, like shout out to you and Lucky and everyone at HSA like for making it. I above our. I above our shadow. shadow oh my God. I did not do anything. Power. It was all no, Gary and Lucky. Literally, vibe of you sell yourself so short. Vibe of just so much. Facts, facts. But yes, yeah. please. Yeah. Oh, it was incredible. It was like, so basically, I think I like I always kind of knew that I wanted Chair Navratri at some point because it's my favorite festival. Like. Ooh, I didn't um, know that. Oh. Yeah, like ever since it's like one of my best friends is Gujarati and oh. like ever since we were little like we'd go to Darba like every single year without fail um Dang. and just yeah it's like literally the second like Navratri ends we're like so when's Garba coming back again <laughs> like all year we'd be so excited for like Garba season um and even like when I had marching band and stuff and that was like in the middle of like never yeah, season. that like we still always made time to go Dang. um so i think i always knew that i wanted to chair Navratri at some point because it was like a festival that was so special to me i think also i want to like but i i think like part of my vision was also i want to expand the event right like mm-hmm. part of it was like i'm south indian and like we celebrate Navratri with golu and i really want to see that representation because that is like a very big part of our so culture of too and mm-hmm. like it's important for HSA to be representative of like all the different ways in which um, like Hinduism manifests and is like celebrated. Um, and I think it's also that like Navratri itself is like, it's honestly such a meaningful holiday or not holiday, meaningful festival. Cause it's about celebrating the goddesses and like celebrating femininity. And especially with like Indian society being like as patriarchal as it can be. Mm-hmm. I think it's like really important for us to recognize like to like actively recognize feminism, I guess, um, and in these contexts and have these discussions and understand like this kind of, I guess, like cognitive dissonance that we see between how Hinduism supposedly views women and goddesses and how we see it played out in 
like culturally. Um, so I think I also kind of wanted to expand the focus of No Bradley to be like more feminist. And mm-hmm. um, I think I was like really lucky that lucky, lucky. <laughs> that was like kind of on the same page. And like, we both like had this vision that we wanted to carry out with this event. And um, we actually had like a plan initially for like Navratri to be like this like really big, like week long event basically. And then COVID hit and that scrapped a lot of our plans for like in-person things. But again, I think it's like, um, luckily, like we were kind of able to make the most of it and find those silver linings. Um, and we organized like, and, and we decided like, you know, we want to involve other orgs on campus. Like we want to reach out and kind of ex- also expand like the scope, like beyond the event UT. itself. Yeah. Like beyond UT and like, in some ways, like being virtual kind of lends itself to that extended scope. Right. Like mm. for example, um, we had like our guest speaker for the event was Deepika Mutiala. And like, I know not everyone knew who she was cause she's like kind of in this like niche of like the beauty industry, but like growing up, I watched Deepika Mutiala and like her, like she like meant so much. Cause it was like, if you don't know who she is, she is like a um, South Asian, like- Cosmetics or beauty entrepreneur. Yeah, beauty entrepreneur. Um, she's like the founder and CEO of her company, Live Tinted. And she actually got her start like making YouTube videos. And she's this like Telugu girl from like a Houston suburb, like South- Sugarland. She and went to she, UT. She went to UT, okay. she went to Combs, and then she like made it. And I think it's like, a story that meant so much because this was basically my life, like a South Indian girl from like a Texas made like like a Texas like suburb who goes to UT and like wants to make a difference. Um, and so that representation mattered a lot. And like, if we had had like uh, Navratri as normal, like an in-person event, we never could have reached out to her. We never um, could have like communicated with her and like had her at our event. just because of like location restrictions right like she wasn't in texas um but location and time like really it's kind of like it's a bigger time commitment to like come out and like get ready and like do all that stuff yeah for sure and i think it's like but with and I, i honestly like in some ways like i guess historically speaking this is kind of the best time we could have a pandemic partially because of like globalization, not like best, there's no best time to have a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, I, was gonna, I was gonna say, I was like- there's no best time. But what I mean by that is like- It's a better time. Have, yeah, it's like a better time. Like with like with the amount of like technology that we have and mm-hmm. with the amount of like global like connection that we're able to like foster, it's like, it's, I know like isolation has been like really, really hard for a lot of people, like not being able to see friends, not being able to see family, but in- some ways it's like, I think I've been able to like manage because of things like FaceTime or Zoom or like, I mean, yeah. I'm able to talk to y'all like over Zoom, like we're able to do these things like over mm-hmm. Zoom. And just because we're like not in person doesn't mean like, like we literally got closer over quarantine, you know, like we became friends like over quarantine. I hardly knew Gori before. Yeah. Me too. I hardly knew Or Vibe of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Quarantine. Like, the three of us were not close before and it's like, like we were still able to like develop these friendships and like develop these connections and so in that way like yes it was a really hard transition to kind of rethink especially because HSA has never done a virtual event before um it was really hard to kind of 
basically start from scratch, like not have anything to work off of and just try to come up with this event ourselves. But it also really opened up like new potential and new avenues that we could take as long as we had like an open mind and we're willing to like kind of seek those out, you know? True. For no, sure. I, it's so facts. Bars and facts. Yeah. Oh my God. It is interesting <laughs> to hear your perspective on it, considering like I did like work with you and Lucky and stuff. And I, I don't know, like during that experience, it was just kind of like, okay, we got to get the show on the road. Like, you know, we're doing this and that, like, you know, we're just kind of logistically. But, um, yeah. Interesting to hear like kind of like your perspective on the event as a whole. Yeah, you like saw us when we were stressed and we were like, done. Like, is this gonna happen? Is this gonna like come together? Like you saw us like a week before the event when we were like, oh my god, like we don't know. Oh I do remember that meeting after after board meeting, and you guys are just like, Oh my god, we need help, we need to figure this out. Yeah, we were like on the verge of a breakdown. But looking back, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I think part of what also got me through the event process, like something I like this is the second event that I've chaired. Um, and I think both times kind of what got me through is just like trying to practice gratitude whenever I can. Um, it helps like keep me grounded, just to, like remind myself of like how cool it is that I even get the opportunity to do this in the first place. Like mm, that's how many people get to like say that they've organized this huge event for their mm-hmm. college campus, you know, like how many people get to say that like, I don't know, like that they've had like Deepika Mutiala or like this like yeah like role model of theirs like mm-hmm. at one of their events like speaking at their event like how many people get to say these things and how many people get to like That's true. have the experiences that they're having and like find these things that they're passionate about and I'm like so fortunate for that and I think like reminding that myself of that during the process because it is a really stressful process event planning is mm-hmm. stressful but like reminding myself of that like periodically has like really helped me get through these moments yeah for sure. I, mean, I think it's even more important now than ever that we put on these like events and stuff because like i mean a lot of orgs are just not doing anything like you know or like not doing as much and like taking a step back yeah they're taking a step back which is fine like i mean i'm not like against it like yes you should take a break you should relax you should like do whatever but like also at the same time like for some people who feel disconnected from those orgs they need well, I mean, I hope they kind of like want something that helps them stay like grounded, stay connected. So like, yeah, I think it's important that like we put on the events. I agree. I think it's also extra important because of kind of what HSA represents for a lot of people at UT. You know, like mm-hmm. I think especially for a lot of like freshmen who are away from home for the first time, like mm-hmm. and trying to find their place, kind of. Yeah, like trying to find their place, like and also like especially around like these festivals, like say the Bali, for example. That's like the definition of like family holiday. Like (laughs) so important for us to like be with our families again. And it can be so lonely to not. I remember like one of my best friends, um, she like grew up in India. And one of the she was, yeah. And like in India, like obviously they celebrate these festivals like very crazy. Yeah, Yeah, right. Like she says like during Diwali, like you like can't hear anything because of how many fire- <laughs> firecrackers like, the sky is lit up the whole night because of all the Dang, fire- crazy. and it's like going from that to nothing would be so isolating like so devastating yeah. and that was like honestly such a big fear of hers like not being surrounded by everyone during these times like what would that feel like mm-hmm. and she said that hsa really helped that transition like seeing uh-huh 
oh, we, we're still doing sparklers, we're still doing garba, we're still doing holy, like, mm -hmm. you know, like, we're still doing these things that helped her, like, not miss home as much. And I think that's, like, hearing that also gave me a lot of purpose. Like, she told me that, like, before, I think, like, my first, the first event that I co-chaired or something. And I think, like, keeping that in mind, like, this matters to people like her. Yeah. You know, we're doing yeah. Absolutely. It, for me, it was just super cool to see that we were taking a step forward when a lot of people were taking a step back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, with, like, we kind of touched on this, like, with, like, quarantine, like, we're even more isolated than normal. So having these kind of moments of normalcy, or not, maybe not normalcy, but, like, people are still trying, like, seeing that orgs are still trying and people still care and like we can still kind of engage in this like dialogue and moments of connection helped at least i hope it helped <laughs> <laughs> maybe i'm just assuming but like i don't know for me it was like you know like being able to like facetime friends or being able to like tune into like different things like knowing that people were still out there like outside mm -hmm. of like like i was like at home like in this bubble i only saw like my family and it was like it's kind of hard to believe that the rest of the world was still like functioning and doing things and like yeah. other people were still alive you know it's <laughs> still like moving around you know yeah. doing stuff yeah people exist like we're not just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah no facts, facts. no i mean that's no, the it is you're, you're right it's like we're not just like stand still i'm not looking like a community Corey or something like <laughs> the purpose no yeah, this is like the end of the world like, like we said earlier it's it's all about being in it together with everyone yeah. and i think they just say they did a good job of sending the message that we're all in it together yeah i think so for sure yeah what are you listening to these days I listening to that's a good question i don't even know what i'm listening to <laughs> <laughs> you know what you're listening you just go to youtube and you're just like man fucking whatever the fucking first thing is there just click random, on it. random um i don't know i feel like generally i listen to like vibing music yeah i like still woozy that's an interesting way to describe your taste <laughs> uh, vibe. yeah vibing music um i think like some people some like artists like dropped uh albums i've been liking so like I like um, the new The Neighborhood album. That was pretty good. Chip Crumbs and Monotones. Um, Glass Animals also dropped a new album. Um, that was good. What was the song that you sent me? Oh, it's Window by Still Woozy. I like him. He's good. He's like very vibrant music. Um, but like my favorite artists are like, I really like Frank Ocean. I really like Daniel oh, yeah, Caesar. Um, I like Young the Giant. I like. That is a lot of. Uh, Rich, Rich Brian, it's kind of a similar vibe. Rich Brian, yeah. oh, I don't listen to him. Um, similar, I think. It's like, yeah, those are vibey artists. They're good. Yeah, they're good. I think it's like, okay, I don't know if this is gonna make any sense, but I think I'm like kind of bad at listening to rap music or like hip hop. Um, bad at listening to it. How do yeah, you, like your ears like, don't like, function when. Kind of, like. Wait, okay. what? <laughs> like I think. So like I grew up in like a really musical family. And so I think the things that I just naturally pick up on, like when I'm listening to music is like melody, harmony, like things like that, like musicality. And, but the thing is like a lot of like rap, for example, is like the words matter a lot. Yeah. Depending on the artist that you're listening to, like the words like matter a lot. And like, they're like really like sending a message with like the words that they choose. Like, if you're listening to, like, J. Cole or, like, Kendrick Lamar or, like, Tosh Gambino or, like, whoever, right? Like, all these, like, really great artists. Um, 
Actually, Trash Gambino is this little call rap, like he's kind of transition. But still, like you mm. get the, you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All these like really great artists, um, like Kanye, whoever you like, they can say a lot like with the words that they choose. But I'm like really bad at listening to words, just because no, like I don't know. Like I like, like I just like lean more like the music side of things. Um, and, like mm. even in my family, like we're all just kind of. Like the first things that we like pick up on is like voice quality, like um, like effects that they're using, oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. like melodies, rhythms, like harmonies. Like that's what we all kind of listen to, and so sure. yeah, just I'm just like, and but it's like kind of sad because like I think a lot of like the music that people listen to nowadays is like rap and hip hop and. Well, I mean, okay, okay, I, I have to ask that like. Whenever you're listening to like slower songs with with words, right? Like, do you not like take into account like it, what is it about rap that makes you not appreciate or maybe not listen to it the right way? Is it the speed or is it like the amount of meaning in the lyrics? I think it's both. Like one, I just like don't listen well. <laughs> no, I think, yeah, there's a big difference between passive and active listening. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. It's like, like, for example, like songs that I like, I can probably like sing most of the words, but like, I don't, I've never stopped to think about what they mean, you know? Cause oh, it's, like, really? it's not about the words for me. Like if I'm listening to oh, like, interesting. I don't know, like Daniel Caesar, like best part or whatever. Like he, it's just like a love song. Like there's not that much to it, right? There's not like, mm-hmm. he's not trying to like tell us some like deeper message than like, here's this like wonderful person or whatever, right? Versus like, I don't know, what's a, a song um like a rap song humble yeah like yeah right like they're actually trying to say something with the words that they choose and to someone that doesn't like bother like that doesn't like actively listen and like figure out like the meaning i feel like i'm like losing out on a lot of what the value of that music is you know like i don't appreciate it as much as I should or can. See, for me, okay, th- I think the reason I have confession, I've never really gotten into rap, okay? Mm-hmm. And I think for me, most of the time, it's, they just talk too fast. <laughs> and I, like, that's purely what it is. I'm just like, oh my God, like, I just don't understand. Like, it's just too fast for me. part of it, man. It's not. Yeah, but like, okay, but if the argument is that there's a lot of meaning in the words, dude, I cannot process it fast enough to where I'm understanding. Like, <laughs> that's fair. Like, I have to listen to it multiple times to, like, really get a feel for it. But, like, yeah. I don't want to do that. Like, I well, don't know. Rap is- Some rap is just hype. You know, you're yeah, just trying to get pumped. And, yeah, that's fair. And I think rap is wonderful for that. But I also like the more artistic rap, like J. Cole, Kendrick, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. all that. Because there is, like, deep meaning in what they're saying. Like, right. sometimes artists are just, it's a story. And, and that's mm-hmm. not limited to rap. But I think rap is accessible as a medium of music. Because yeah, you don't need to have a singing voice to rap, really. Yeah. And I think that's what drives you away, Gori, because you said you were into the musicality and the, the timbre and, and whatnot, it's, right? Not that it drives me away, necessarily. But this is what yeah. you pick up on easier. Yeah, it's just yeah. like, I don't think I'm, like, appreciating the things that make rap special. Yeah. Sure, yeah. But I appreciate the accessibility of rap. And because, like, I'm not so looking for the wonderful tone i'm not looking for the broadway singers when i'm listening to rap right because i can't <laughs> sing myself so it's and i can somewhat rap to like songs i like and i like that about that because yeah. i you know it's uh mm-hmm. you get hype and it, there's some real deep shit in there i think yeah. i think mm-hmm. it's like 
it's funny because like I'm the opposite like I can't speak and I would like totally fumble over all my words if I try rapping but like <laughs> I grew up singing and so I think like that in a way feels more accessible because I can like even yeah. if I don't know what the words are like I can like follow along with the melody I can like yeah. mess around mm-hmm. with like harmonies like I can do things with it right and I think it's yeah it's like kind of that predisposition what what you are then drawn to it's interesting Daria, how much money do we have to pay you to sing right now <laughs> no, <laughs> no I'm I'm sing? like what would I sing to although I want to I'm, I'm thinking about getting a ukulele soon so maybe I'll Rex, I got a ukulele a right over there oh my gosh yeah mm-hmm. I think I just yeah like I just need to get back into like making music and like using music it's, yeah I know it's interesting because like I think like in high school like middle school and high school like we talked about this we were all in band and I think that then for me was like music was so defining for me and it was like it was like my thing it's like what I did yeah, and you grew up with it and stuff so yeah. like you know just... and I like grew up singing like I grew up with like so much music in the house and then like I stopped band and then that just kind of Ended. disappeared yeah over right mm-hmm. and then I came to college and like then I joined a dance team and then dance which was like kind of secondary growing up became like primary and then mm-hmm. music which is primary growing up became secondary and it's just like weird like transition yeah, and I like both but it's just like I think I'm I think I really like dance like I think part of what draws me to dance is like that communal aspect of it like I love being on a team and I love like sharing that experience with other people mm-hmm. and I love the community that comes along with it and I think for me music is like a more personal thing it's like something I like to do more for myself like, yeah and so it's like I, I think I kind of and it was like an outlet for me and like a way for me to like especially singing like I think band was different band again kind of fed into yeah I mean band is kind of like a community though like I mean at least my band was like yeah yeah band fed into the community side but I think like singing especially like that that is like something that I also really do for myself and it's like Mm -hmm. you know and now it's just like I mainly just like sing in the car like sing in the shower or whatever like (laughs) yeah and I kind of like that aspect of like being able to create and so Maybe buying a ukulele will help with that. Do it, do it. Yeah, yeah go for it. Go for it. Yeah, I'm trying to get a ukulele too, but they're so Christmas. cheap. Bro. There's like, yeah, they, I mean, okay, they're so cheap, but like, I mean, even though I have money of my own, like, you know, my parents don't really let me use it as I please. Mm. You know what I mean? So like, true, true. That's okay. We'll pitch in. We'll get you one. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> no, no, I'll buy it for you. Please don't. Pull in no. five dollars each and just <laughs> five dollars each. When's my birthday? January twenty fifth. Coming up soon. Yeah, it is coming up Write soon. Write that down, Trigger. I am. <laughs> I was. I'm a step ahead of you. Don't worry. Hold. Yeah, I, I was really into jump training. Like, man, my my. Well, you know, this this is not my podcast, but you know, my <laughs> my thing with volleyball was. So I started playing my sophomore year. We can cut this out because I, I don't know if we want to do this. But my <laughs> sophomore year, I was I, I watched an anime, right? It's called Haikyuu. Oh, and yeah. I started playing I started playing volleyball, right? And when I started, let me just tell you, I was so fucking bad. Like I was it was so bad. It was not even funny. Like I remember the days I played with my friends. We were all bad, but I was like really bad. Um, <laughs> because I was like, well, I still am five six. But or five seven whatever. But like that's really short for volleyball to begin with for volleyball players. 
and then also I was just not as athletic in general. And then also I wasn't, I didn't grow up playing the sports. So I didn't have skill either. Right. So I was just like really bad. And for a while I was just really bad. And then kind of I, at one moment I was just like, okay, I just am tired of like being picked at the very end when I'm playing with my friends. I'm tired of like being made fun of for being bad. I'm tired of like, it just feels like you're a burden whenever you're on someone's yeah. team and you're bad, right? And I was like, I'm just tired of being that person. And I know I would enjoy the sport more if I got better. So I spent like, I want to say eight to 10 months, like just hardcore, like um, jump training. So I like changed my diet, like changed my workout plan. Like I did like everything. Like, I went to India that summer and I worked out every morning. Like, and I jump trained. Yeah. And my grandparents were furious because they're like, what are you doing? They're like, what are you doing? And I was like, I have to do this. I was like, I like, I need to do this. Um, and yeah, it was stuck. It was kind of like, it was not that like easy. Like to me, that's like the hardest I've ever worked in my life because I would, I had banned that season, right? Obviously. So I, I, I had school from like, so I'd wake up in the morning. I, I'd go early to practice for band, like bassoon from like six. I'd go at like 6 a.m., 6.20 a.m. Okay. And then we have classes that started like eight. So I'd practice for about an hour, hour and a half, whatever. And classes started at eight. Um, so then 8 to 3.30, we had school. And then, you know, right after that, we sprinted to band hall so then we could get our instruments out because we had rehearsal from 4 to 7, right? And then after 7, I would come back home. I would get my, like, workout stuff, and I'd go to the hoop, and then I would, like, jump train for an hour and a half until, like, sunset. And then I'd come home, I'd eat dinner, take a shower, and i started my homework at 9.30. And that was, like, that was every day, basically. That was, like, basically every day for me, like, on repeat for, like, months at a time. Yeah. Um, because I mean I don't know like I mean this comes back to what Gary was saying like earlier she's like if you enjoy it right you're not gonna really like notice it like you're not really gonna feel like like sure it felt like okay this is what I need to do next but it's like I want to do this you know it's not like my mom isn't telling me go do this you know it's not like go clean the dishes you know but it's like I need to do this for myself oh, you know? god damn uh, so, how so do I spent a lot of time uh Huh? I can almost dunk. So I can, on a basketball rim, I can get the rim to like right here-ish, maybe. Oh, right here. Wow. To touch so maybe an inch or two higher. If somebody lobs it to me, then I can probably. Bro, you're inspiration for all the people who are five, six in the world. <laughs> wow, impressive. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I will say, like, if you're, unless you're trying to play at a pro level, I don't think height is like, I mean, sure, it's an excuse, but like, don't stop playing any sport just because you're short um unless it's like a legal requirement for you to be that height in which case oh, you should probably stop unless you're trying to change the law itself but like for most sports i think like i i wouldn't say like height is like not a factor like i mean it is a factor but you can't let it stop you i don't think look good because height is one of the things you can't change <laughs> like yeah. like i can't choose to become taller yeah <laughs> right God damn, how what how late did you sleep doing homework? Um, actually not that late. So I, I would sleep at the latest I slept in high school most days was like uh, midnight, eleven thirty midnight. Wow. Eleven thirty? Yeah, eleven thirty midnight. You finished all your homework in two hours? Yeah, pretty much. How? Um I don't know. I was just I know, I was just good about my time. Like during school, I was like if there's ever ever a time when I was like, okay, whatever this teacher is teaching, I could like learn in 10 minutes, then I would just do my homework for other classes. Mm. 
No, I used to because I mean, I mean, in high school, I was just like, if the teacher is not great, I'm just like, like I'm just I can figure this out myself. Like I know I can figure that myself. I don't need to do this now. Um, That's bad. Yeah. It just kind of depends. And, you know, in a high school classroom, it's like sometimes the teacher is in one place or like, you know, she or he will be at their desk and you just kind of do whatever. So, like, you know, it is what it is. No, that's that's impressive, man. What the fuck? I used to be the laziest fucking kid in high school. (laughs) I'm sure you weren't lazy. I mean, there's just different things you're probably into. Like, I used to do homework the class period before it was due, you know? And there's well, one class I did that too. In high school that I just didn't show up to my entire senior year. First, How was that allowed? Uh, my teacher liked me, so I just didn't give a fuck. <laughs> wait, what, what class is this? Whoa, 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 wait, what class is this? Well, statistics. I arrived tw- 30 minutes late to a test one day, and I it was like a 50-minute class, and I still got 100. It was like, you know what, fuck you, but like I'll never count attendance against you. So, so That's like, crazy. Kind of like got on his good side somehow like uh, he thought it was funny and charming i disagree with oh well you are <laughs> oh you are dang that's crazy that that sounds like wow none of my i don't think any of my teachers was allowed that like, i felt bad because i totally exploited him bro <laughs> <laughs> the first day that he didn't count a tardy for me i like the the rest of the semester essentially i arrived minimum 20 minutes late to class <laughs> was this class first period for you is yeah. that why you... yeah okay that makes sense i was like if it's the middle of the day i was like what were you doing no, no, I'll get <laughs> like, being late and he's patrolling but no nah. okay. okay we should really get into the topic i don't know yeah, yeah we should yeah we, we kind of had a huge detour there my bad my bad okay I, I, I... Gory. So, oh fuck! I pronounced it wrong. <laughs> I know you were talking about this earlier, or maybe I was, but I wanted to talk about it again. So, your team recently won the President's Award for Global Learning. What <laughs> the fuck? Congratulations, man! Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh my God! Tell us about that. What is the award, and yeah. what, you, what was your project? <laughs> so, the President's Award. Oh, so I should say, like, um. Actually, no, I'll get into it in a second. But, so the Presence Award for Global Learning, it's this program at UT that honestly is super cool, but like I hadn't really heard of before until like, I guess like I found out about it and like started applying. Um, but yeah, it's this program where you form teams of undergrads, faculty, and a grad student, and you propose some kind of project abroad. So this can like look like anything. It can be like a research project. It can be like something like social, um, it can be like a solution, like literally whatever you want. And it can be in like any region of the world, really. Um, and you and also it's like whatever project you decide to implement um, has to somehow like have implications in Texas as well. So like in some way, like you should be able to bring back what you like implement to benefit like Texas. Because, you know, like the whole what starts here changes the world idea. Of course, um, of course. Yeah. And so um and then you basically, so we, you first write up a proposal for your project and that was due at like the beginning of the summer. And mm-hmm. then um, at the beginning of the fall semester, they announced like 12 teams that they chose um, to advance to like the second stage of the, comp- like, of, like the award, which was a pitch. So it was like, basically there's like three regions of the world that you can apply to. Like you apply to a certain region. So there's like, 
basically the Americas, like North America and South America, um, and then like the Latin America. And then the second region is like Europe, the Middle East, and Africa. And then the third region is Asia and Oceania. So um, you apply to like one of the three regions. They choose four teams per region to advance to the propose uh, the, to the pitch stage. Um, we had about like two, what was it like one and a half months or so to write like a pitch. Um, like it was like a really short, like four minute pitch about our project that we then presented to um, like a committee. And then they choose up to two projects per region. So six projects total to fund and like send to like yeah, the yeah. country that they chose and stuff. So yeah. our project, yeah. So normally you spend the whole summer there. Okay. Um, but with COVID, they've like changed it. So we're only allowed like two weeks in country, assuming like travel is okay by the summer. Yeah, we're allowed like two weeks in country and then the rest of our project needs to be conducted remotely. Um, gotcha, gotcha. So our project, we want to go to, um, so so I should say like on my team, I like Sanjana, who's like also an HSA. Ooh, shout out Ooh, Sanjana. Sanjana. Uh, she's like also on our team. So like, if you know Sanjana, congratulate her too. And then our friends like Ethan and Emily. And we have like three really great faculty. Um, two of them are like, Oh, so one of them is like a sociologist, another one is an anthropologist, and then the last two, uh, the third one is like an RTF, and then our grad student is also an RTF. Um, and so basically our project, we want to go to these like, like coastal villages in Andhra Pradesh and look at these like mangrove conservation programs that they've implemented. Basically, there's this organization called MSSRF, and they've um, developed these mangrove conservation programs like in collaboration with local communities so that they're not only protecting the environment, but also supporting the communities in which these programs are situated. Because I think what happens a lot of times, like especially in the US, is one, conservation is very, very politicized. I think it's become like a very bipartisan issue where we kind of see like, oh, like environmental protection versus jobs, but that is kind of like a false dichotomy. It doesn't need to exist. There's mm -hmm. ways that we can implement initiatives that support communities and also protect the environment as we're seeing in Andhra. And um, the other thing is I think a lot of time <clears throat> conservation organizations will kind of impose programs on communities and they won't really take into account like local culture and local, um, I guess like also like local needs. So. For example, let's say you're a community that kind of really depends on the local land. Um, and all of a sudden this conservation program or like this conservation organization decides to restrict your access to these lands and you're no longer able to like work, you're no longer able to have access to resources that you need. And basically like, why would you care about protecting the environment when you don't even know if you can make ends meet? Right. right, right, of course. Why on like why would you care about this like abstract when like your day-to-day -day life is being affected? Being affected. Yeah. And so um basically like we wanna go to Andhra, look at this program where they are like working with communities and they are like actually like it's like they're providing new sources of income for these local communities by involving them in the conservation process. Like, mm -hmm. like hiring them to restore the mangroves and things like that. And like developing 
more sustainable farming practices with the local farmers so that they're not out of jobs um all these kind of things and like learning kind of like from the program but also like mainly like learning about the locals local communities relationships with these organizations and these programs like how they understand them how they understand conservation what incentives and barriers they see to participation basically just understanding how like we've seen that the program works in terms of like how much land has been restored and things like that but we want also want to understand the community the human side of it yeah um, and then bringing that information and like knowledge back to texas and learning how we can develop conservation programs within Texas um, mm. that also kind of do the same thing because Texas is like very hard hit by climate change. Like we are like on the coast, like you see like Houston, right? Like they've suffered so much from flooding and yeah. like we're definitely seeing problems here. And so if we can build programs that mm. um, are like supporting local communities, then hopefully we can find like a better way to do conservation here and like protect Texas and stuff. Yeah. Oh, really cool. I mean, it's like a noble cause and it's like mm -hmm. prestigious and it's like, so like, you guys are doing so many things at once. I mean, yeah. <laughs> are, are you allowed to say you're going to make a documentary and stuff? Um, yeah, like that's part of okay. our, okay, okay. I think so, I think cool. so. Cool, so you um, had to record and film and like produce a whole Yeah, you're producing like basically like a movie, I mean, at this point, <laughs> like really. Yeah, we're like, like two um, in one. Like, yeah, know. we're still, we're like gonna see like how it shapes up, but that's actually why we have like RTF people on our team, because none of our undergrads and like <laughs> like the other two like the research side of our faculty like none of us have any experience with this i mean you shot the motivational uh video oh, the inspirational course. video <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's just do that again <laughs> like iMovie editing <laughs> um but yeah it's really cool like so we have like um an rtf professor and an rtf grad student and both of them have experience in, like documentary filmmaking and actually it's really cool because like, I don't know, like everything about this project has just come together like so seamlessly. Like the RTF grad student, he's actually an Andhra Pradesh native. Like he grew no way. Yeah. Really? Um, and so it's like, and we didn't know that before we like started talking to him. It was just like, it was just like a connection that we found. And even like the RTF- Oh, really? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. He was like, huh, sorry? Does he speak Telugu? Yeah, he speaks, he reads, he writes, which is actually incredible because like, if he is leading the documentary and he's like conducting like helping yeah like, that's that'd be cool yeah, yeah. Village, it's really good to have that like perspective and connection mm -hmm. huh sorry continue, continue. oh it's like even like our rtf like professor like he his like grandparents and stuff are from Andhra Pradesh and they have oh wait family. really oh yeah. oh okay, okay okay that's so cool his grandparents like worked in like some kind of like ecological protection i'm not sure exactly what it is but like oh. you know there he has a connection to that field as well and like it's just i don't know like everyone offers such amazing expertise like every single time i talk to our team i just like get so ex like literally so excited like the last time we talked like we like had like a little celebratory talk after we found out that we um were selected and i literally was like about to cry because i was just like so emotional <laughs> so excited that this is happening like so amazed at like all these possibilities and mm -hmm. yeah. yeah what were you gonna say Shreeker? no i was gonna say like my family's from andra yeah so it's like a kind of a close connection to what you're what you're talking about we're all like we're all from andra. I, we're i'm from like andra. Andra. huh we're all Telugu, yeah. are we all 
where are we, are we, where are we from? Yeah. Five, five of you go. I, I'm, from, I'm from Telangana. Okay, so you're a Telangana boy. Yeah, um, I mean, like, I'm like half Telugu, half Tamil, but my family is all from Hyderabad, too. Okay, so yeah, that's crazy. How did you get your entire team to agree that Andhra is the place to go? Um, <laughs> I mean, Sancho's not even South Indian, so I mean, like... <laughs> I mean, we kind of lucked out there, including you, because you like understand the language. Yeah, no, it's actually kind of wise. So, like, we all knew we wanted to go to India. Or, like, actually, no, we weren't even thinking India at first. Like, we weren't even thinking India at first. Oh, okay, okay. Because your region is Asia, right? Like, just to clarify. Okay, okay. So, actually, initially, when we first started talking about this, so Sanjana is also a Spanish major. She's, like, double major. Oh, really? Yeah, she's a fan human development and family sciences major and a Spanish major. I'm learning so many new things. Yeah. So at first we were actually looking at Latin America because we we're like, oh, like this could be like a cool tie-in to her major. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like we were talking and then we started like reaching out to professors and stuff. And one of the professors that we talked to was like, wait, all four of you are Indian. You've yeah. been to the country, you've seen <laughs> languages, you have the connection. Why mm-hmm. would you not consider a project in India? And we were like, you're right why wouldn't we consider a project yeah i didn't make the connection that all of you were indian yeah the yeah the other guys whose name was eric and emily no um yukta and emily so oh, yukta is, okay. yeah so yukta is also from andhra pradesh and then emily is she's um from chennai oh, shit. oh cool. I know yukta, by the way it's crazy yeah. that's so cool that's from mumbai um and then even like our and then so we started reaching out to like and so then we started like, we were like, oh, maybe we should think about India. So we started reaching out to more people. And then finally we got like recommended um, the two like research professors that we're working with, uh, Dr. Kahn's and Dr. Lentz. And um, they both have a lot of experience in research in Bangladesh. So like oh. South Asian communities. And so um, we were like, well, we want to look at India. We also have like in-country in language experience. Um, and this based off of like everyone's expertise, we started gravitating towards like coastal Andhra. Like it played into like the strengths of our faculty and mm-hmm. also played into like language, um, like language. Yeah, because, I mean, three out of four of you guys like could understand Telugu. Two, yeah. So like two out of the four undergrads can understand Telugu. And then when we added on our like student and like, and stuff we also realized like oh like he also understands Telugu, which is like a happy like, surprise stars aligning yeah, yeah really that's actually crazy, crazy though that's actually yeah. crazy that is- it feels like like it honestly does feel like like the universe just kind of made it come together yeah, yeah. yeah pushing everything together yeah, I'm just, like, I'm so, like literally when we started this like Fine intervention. i i don't i like didn't think about like coming this far you know I, and like now we're here and like we put in like a lot of work like we started working on this back in April and then oh um, back in April wow because yeah, so our, literally beginning of quarantine like yeah, pretty yeah, much like, maybe even like yeah I think it was like April or something yeah like beginning of quarantine um it's like when we like really started like working on it like reaching out and like deciding like we want to do this and stuff and then July our proposal was due mm-hmm. so we were like all like we were like working like really hardcore like over the summer yeah Mm. and then over the summer we were kind of chilling and then beginning of the fall we found out we moved on so then we had like our pitch which we were working on like hardcore um and then we had our pitch at like the beginning of november 
and then yeah, and we found out like cool. Monday before cool. last. That's so cool. Yeah, that's honestly such a like, oh, man. Like, can you even imagine being like? I think I said this to you before, Cody. Like, imagine saying to people, "Yeah, I like changed Texas." By the way, <laughs> I like like I went and talked to like villagers, and we like. Like, okay, by itself, just shooting a documentary is, like, insane to me, in my opinion. It's like a film. Like, you basically said, yeah, we made a film about, like, people, like, actual <laughs> stuff they do. Also, by the way, we're also, like, establishing, like, new, like, doing all this shit. Like, I mean, I don't know, it's just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Aww, yeah. It's surreal. Uh, huh? Sorry? It's almost surreal. It's like... Yeah. I don't think it's hit me. It's yeah, I'm sure it will hit you the one point. It will, it will, once you're finally there. It's, it's yeah. only been like one week, right? Like since you yeah. were... Yeah, we found out like, not like just Monday, but the Monday before that. Yeah, like a week and a half. A week and a half, okay, a week and a half. Yeah, yeah. and like I, like next semester, we're going to like start planning out all the logistics of our trip and stuff. Flushing like it out. Yeah, flushing yeah, it out. Sure. I think and then it'll start to feel more real. But I don't know, it's just, yeah, I really... It's so cool. I really hope like this does have an impact and like we can bring back meaningful research and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it will. I mean, if you guys are that passionate about it, I can't see it. <laughs> I can't see you going there and be like, man, we gained nothing from the strip. <laughs> you know, spent yeah. all this money and time, but look, <laughs> looks like we're out of luck. Shit. <laughs> you know, I can't imagine that happening. Honestly. <laughs> if you're no, really no, so well equipped. Yeah, I think you guys are so well like but they're slapped. Who <laughs> is the language? And yeah, of course. Yeah, I need to like get better at Thelgu. Like, oh, yeah. I'm like low key stressed about that like Andhra villager Thelgu. Like my Thelgu won't. It's a different breed, yeah. honestly. Yeah, I'm scared. Village Thelgu has some charm to it. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it does. I went to India like two summers ago, and it was something. Yeah, it's nice. I just. It, it's cute. It's really cute. It's nice. You have to really yeah. focus on it. Yeah. <laughs> you have to really focus on it. Yeah, I'm like really going to have to dial it in. <laughs> like, but yeah, yeah I know. Cool. It's, yeah, I know. I'm just like so excited. Like, I think it's also so, like, I think the two biggest things have, the thing that I'm like most excited about is like just like being able to keep working with this team. Because like, like we've been saying, like, it just kind of felt like fate that it all came together and I feel like I've literally just like even like the few months that we've been working on this I feel like I've learned so much and like my I've like opened up like like my mind so much and I'm like so open to new perspectives and I just like understand our responsibility as researchers so much better like Mm -hmm. we've been talking a lot about like you know, like, I think a lot of times people will go in with good intentions with research, right? But it's kind of misguided in that we somehow think that we have, like, authority over a place simply because, you know, like, for whatever reasons, like, we're Western, like, we went to college, like, whatever reasons we might have, or even just, like, you know, just that sub not, like, I guess, like, subconscious superiority. I don't think we realize it, but I think it's yeah, just, yeah. we never stop to question it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, something we talked about a lot was, like, who are we to tell these villagers what they should be thinking? Like, who are we to tell them that, like, our way is the right way? They know their environment and their situation. Probably the best, people, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And so why aren't we tapping into that? Like, why aren't we 
utilizing their own knowledge you know like that generational knowledge and that like local knowledge is so important it is just as like valuable as and honestly you could argue it's not even more yeah even more valuable academic knowledge right so why not use that to like why not like tap into that to like truly understand these communities experiences and like their needs and stuff right instead of like assuming that we know what's best and i think the other thing is like that has been so wonderful to see is like how passionate our faculty and grad student also are about the project like i think i had this kind of i i, I think at first i was kind of like oh there's kind of you know it's Along with the nice yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, are these undergrads and they want to do this like oh might as well just help them mm-hmm. but like they are all they all care so much about this too and they're like going above and beyond with like helps. Mm-hmm. yeah playing out this project and just like and it's so wonderful like having that buy-in from like every single member of our team but we're all so excited about like what this can be and i think that's gonna really help us hopefully make like an impact in whatever small ways we can action bars <laughs> yeah we wish you the best of luck yeah good luck this project moving forward yeah. yeah i'm really excited to watch that documentary and see what you yeah me too just remember Gary, when you're famous one day and rich you know just remember vibe of intriguer um we'll take a ferrari you know that's we'll settle I'll for ferrari the award too. shows like yeah <laughs> a carpet with me carpet <laughs> We're going to do our final segment today in our outro. So we have a segment on the show where we do quote of the week. Quote of the week. Quote of the week. Okay. And uh, this quote of the week was wonderful and brought up by Vibum, but I'll be saying it today. So when we strive to become better than we are, everything around us becomes better too. By Paulo Coelho, the, the writer of The Alchemist and other great books. So with yep. that... All right. So thank you so much, Gauri, for your time and agreeing to like do this for the first, I guess, like restarted version of the podcast with me, Trika, as we're trying to figure stuff out. Um, we thoroughly enjoyed our time with you. Um, and hopefully you did too. Oh, um, I- for still sitting around with us. <laughs> yes, this is like the best thing ever. I love talking to y'all. Of course. We love talking to you, Gauri. Yes, we love talking to you, of course, for hours. Um, but for the people watching, be on the lookout for a podcast guest request form. And if you're, like, if you're interested in appearing on the podcast, and if you haven't already, join our HSA Slack and Discord. Links are in the description. So thank you for tuning in to episode four of the HSA podcast. And we'll see you at the next one. Bye-bye. Peace.